Hello, and welcome to Revolution 22's teaching podcast. We are a church from the downtown area in Boise, Idaho. Thank you for joining us today and hearing this week's sermon. We pray that God's word will be received and will bear fruit in your life. You may be seated. Merry Christmas Eve to everyone. It is so good that you're here, and I just love how God weaves things together when you don't even know it. So we're going to start exactly where Sam started in her call to worship. We're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased." It is clear a divine gift was given in that moment. A virgin birth, a celestial sign, angels proclaiming, angels rejoicing, wise men coming from afar. I mean, this is the most sparkly wrapping paper you could have ever put around a present ever. You know, it is in many ways much like a present wrapped underneath a tree. Excepting for those weird social media posts where parents trick their children, we should expect that gifts under a tree are good. That is what gifts should be. They should be a very good thing to receive. Yet how often do we come to this gift of Jesus Christ and discard it? Throw it over our shoulder like that pair of socks that you got from that distant aunt. Right, without stopping to think about the thought behind it, the heart, the decisions that were made there. And perhaps you tell yourself that you really value it, but after you do the important things that you have to do right now, going out and buying gifts for others, maybe even for yourself, you know, maybe you tell yourself you'll come back to it and examine it later, you know, write that aunt, that thank you card that she really would like to get, but you find yourself too busy. I mean, today, that is the question that we should come to every Christmas. What kind of gift was given by God that night? How do we think about this amazing gift of Jesus Christ? You know, sometimes we might think about this gift as something that we we should just receive, something that we just need to take and own, something for ourselves to put on. You know, it's like that sweater that you were just hoping for, perfect, something all your friends will just be amazed at and see you as stunning in, right? And we laugh, but how often do we approach Christ like that as this one-time thing that, that we are just going to take and then pack away for the next moment we need to bring it out to use it, right? Like an ugly Christmas sweater, Right, we 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 come to it as a one-time item. It it, salvation can become the Christmas robes of righteousness that we put on simply to prove that we're okay, that we're good, uh, we are now acceptable and all right, or to show that we've made the right decision. I mean, clearly, Christ came for the problem of our sins through His life for our life, His righteousness for our unrighteousness, as Paul says in Romans five. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I mean, Paul notes that it's Jesus' entire life that matters, how he lived his life for our life, that we find our life wrapped up in his. Now, this, this gift of Christ was not just something that we simply put on once and set aside. It's not just something that we claim and hold on to like the right get-out-of-hell-free card at the very end that we can play. It's something more than that. You know, sometimes we might think of ourselves and think of this gift of Christ as largely about something that is going to change us, Right? something that will make us a better, more beautiful us, something that others will appreciate more, right? And if someone didn't ask you for a gift of weights, it's probably a bad idea to give it to them, just so you know. know, We we do that sort of a thing when we come to Scripture and we flip it open, and we want to look there and we, we try to find more things for us to do, better ways for us to be. We come to it when we want to think about how we might be better or maybe more often when we're trying to think about how we can encourage someone else in our life to be a little bit better. How we might change, or more likely how we might try to encourage those around us to change, Christ clearly wants us to change. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Or as God promised long ago through the prophet Ezekiel, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Yet there's something more happening here than just a change. Why send the God-man himself if I just needed to change and be different? Sometimes we approach this gift as though it were largely about something we can learn. It seems like that Christmas list item from your kid, the one with all the dollar signs after it, right? That that place that maybe is just a better Google for understanding God, right? A cornucopia of ideas and thoughts, right? It's every aspiring God seeker's way to know him better. And we can find ourselves falling into that trap when we see ourselves more excited about simply memorizing a verse or winning a sword drill. If you don't know that reference, talk to someone raised in the 80s or the 90s. In this this vein, we get most excited just about the knowledge and we hold tight to the minutia of theology as though it would make us more pleasing to God. Of course, God wants us to know more about him through Jesus Christ. John says this, as Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? Or as John says elsewhere, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and the eternal life. Jesus is not just something merely that we take one time to put on. 
Jesus is not just merely a kind of gift that we come to to change us. He's not merely someone that we come to that we might know more. When you look at the manger, you don't see a box sitting there. You see a baby. God gave us a person, uh, the very God-man himself, that we might have a relationship with him. This gift is all about relationship. The very language of relationship is written all over Scripture, talking about reconciling, bringing us back to right relationship with God. All this is from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself. Or as Paul says in Colossians, For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus Christ, born that Christmas day, was God himself. That is an amazing idea. That is an amazing gift. That, that God himself, the creator of the universe, would forever enjoin himself to humanity that we might know and understand him better, actually walk in relationship with him. That is a fantastic gift. That is an immeasurable gift, one that will take us an eternity in the new heavens and the new earth to unpack with him in relationship. Yet, if I may, even in light of that beautiful news, if we don't think about the heart with which God gave us, we still will miss what that relationship was intended to be. I mean, look again with me at what we just read from Paul a few minutes ago in Romans 5.11. He says, more than that, we also rejoice. Rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Or to make it even more clear, let me go back to Luke 2 where we started. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This story about God, this good news of what he has, been, has done for us, this gospel as the disciples call it, this gospel as the angels are actually calling it, the same word there, must be seen as good news that causes us to rejoice, or more importantly that we see it as a good news of great joy. It is a gospel of great joy that we have been given. The gospel of Jesus Christ the beauty of what God started in a very real way that Christmas night is diminished if we don't see a gospel that is filled up, running over, overflowing to every corner of this earth in joy. The angels were not just proclaiming how you and I should feel that night. They were proclaiming to us the very nature of that gift. That gift was joy. He our God, Jesus Christ, is joy. That may not be the first thought you think about when you think about our Lord and Savior. 
In fact, you might even be surprised by that kind of joy. It might be a very unexpected joy for you to think of our God that way. So many of us come to God thinking that we might just barely get into heaven, as it were. That really God saving us this way in this plan was plan B to us just trying a lot harder. So maybe if we could just get back there. Or, you know, maybe God is just begrudgingly doing all of this because, you know, he promised he has to do it. Or that God is only happy as long as we live up to our end of the bargain and do everything perfect now that we have seen and know Jesus Christ. When Jesus talks about his relationship with the Father, this is not the kind of God he talks about. Listen to what he says in John 15. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus was supremely joyful in his relationship with the Father. As David prophesied many years before, looking forward and thinking about this seed, the seed of the woman, the future and forever king, this is what he said about him. He said, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Or you make him the most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. And that is how people experienced him. People experienced our Lord and Savior as joyful. They flocked to him. They loved him. They wanted to be around him. His critics even criticized his joy, right? The best a dour and hypocritical religiosity could come up with when they saw a man this joyful was that he must have been drinking all the time. But before you think that this was just about Jesus, that this was just about Jesus and his father, this is exactly what Jesus wanted for me and you in our relationship as well. This was part and a main goal of his plan in bringing us back into relationship was bringing us back into a joyful relationship with our God. This is what Jesus said as he was about to leave this earth. He prayed, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled, filled up in themselves. Jesus prayed that we would have his joy to the utmost, to the fulfilled aspect, overflowing in our lives. That is an amazing outcome of what Christ did for us in his coming. When you think about the many things that Christ accomplished for me and you, do you see and note that it came with an overwhelming, underwriting foundation of joy? Now, Jesus becoming the God-man, reconciling us to God at the cost, came at the cost of many things. Jesus had to give up his glory to be here. He was despised and rejected by men and had the sorrows and was acquainted with grief. Even more so, he bore our grief and our sorrows. To fulfill Isaiah 56, he says, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. He's deeply troubled by the death of his friends and wept for them. He even wept as blood falling from him in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
He cried out in anguish as the Father turned away. Jesus' first coming cost God much. Yet one thing was never lost in all of that. Joy. Joy was ever present and ever before God and Jesus Christ as he gave us this remarkable gift of Jesus. None of it cost God his joy. As the writer of Hebrews says to us, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy. Joy is what Jesus was thinking about for 30 years preparing for ministry. Joy is what Jesus was thinking about in selecting disciples to minister with him throughout all of Judea. Joy is what Jesus thought about through all the insults, all the derogatory words. Joy is what Jesus was thinking about as he walked the road to the cross. From that night in Bethlehem to that hill at Golgotha with a cross, joy was before Jesus every step of the way. Joy in his relationship with the Trinity. Joy to walk out the plan that God, that he had ordained from the beginning of time. Joy in bringing you and I into that very joy that he knows. We are truly God's beloved sons and daughters in Jesus Christ. He looks on us with joy and smiles. And we often go to the ironic blessing. But have you thought about what it really means when we say this? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For the Lord to look on me and you, for his face to shine on us without the brutal intensity of death, for us to receive it as graciousness means he is smiling on me and you in joy. That is what we are celebrating this Christmas. That we are celebrating that joy itself came down. That we might enter into joy with him. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceeding with great joy. The star marked the dawn of joy. But this was only the beginning What began as exceedingly great joy on the first Christmas, God made even better at the cross. It may not have looked that way at first. Jesus was forsaken by God, despised and rejected. But at the cross in Jesus Christ, this exceeding joy met peace and love and hope. Jesus was forsaken by God, despised and rejected God declared all those who trusted in his son there forgiven. His wrath poured out on Jesus meant peace for me and you. His turning from him meant love for me and you. His resurrection means that we have hope. At that moment, that joy, Jesus, became blood-bought, eternal, peaceful, loving, and hopeful joy. That is what I want to call us to this morning is joy. Not a fleeting emotion, but in a deep, abiding joy that is God himself in the very nature of relationship with him. Friends, that's why we give ourselves gifts on this day, that we might catch a glimpse of a shadow, of a hope, 
of that joy that we find only in Jesus Christ, in knowing our God. A contented joy that fulfills every longing within our heart. A joy that validates our very worth as image bearers as we long to be back with the one who created us. Joy that in knowing a relationship with the very God of this universe and finds there and there alone the satisfaction of our soul. If you are already a believer, come back to that joy as your true joy this season. If you're not yet a believer, know that that joy that you feel, that, that, that joy that you feel at even the possibility of God accepting you is available to you in Jesus Christ. You know, that he wants to draw you in as his beloved child today in joy if you would just put your faith in him. You know, believe it, believer or not yet believer, we are told to respond to that joyous desire of acceptance before our God kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Respond to joy like that this morning. Run as the man to give everything that you might receive this kind of joy from a God who has given himself to us graciously as a gift this Christmas day so many years ago. Run to Jesus of Nazareth, born this day in a manger to live a righteous life for you, die a sinner's death on your behalf, and to raise in power as the firstborn among the living from the dead that we too might have a hope of walking with him again. Find even today the joy of relationship with God. Uh, find and proclaim it with us. As scripture would say, <coughs> you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Be glad in the Lord Yahweh and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Shout for joy in the Lord Yahweh, you righteous. Praise befits the upright. And all of us, I pray this morning that we remember the joy of our hope, what we long to hear from our God someday and that we can only find through our faith in Jesus Christ. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You come today, this Christmas Eve, to a gospel of great joy. Come today to the one who is joy for you in exactly what you need, the deepest longings of your heart. Come to the one who is joy for you in the promise to change you that you might be like him. Come today to the one who is joy in all things, finding their meaning in the one who is the alpha and the omega, the creator of all. Come today to the one who is joy that you were meant to walk daily in relationship with. Come today to joy. Father God, what an amazing gift you gave us. What, what an amazing, joyful gift you gave us. You did not do anything simply out of compulsion, out of need, begrudgingly, besmirking, frustrated at the prospects of what you needed to do. God, you chose before time even began that you wanted to create your very image bearers and that you wanted to come and enjoin yourself to them on that wonderful Christmas day. 
that through you we would find our joy, our path back to relationship with you, to know you and walk with you daily through your Holy Spirit here now and face to face forevermore in the new heavens and the new earth. Lord God, would we marvel at this joy? Would we find that joy is not simply a feeling, but that it is the abiding sense of relationship that we have with you? Lord God, would that joy be very real for many this morning, whether it's for the first time or the thousandth time? Lord God, would we come to this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day relishing the joy that we find in you? It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.